0: If you're seeing this is because you're listening to the podcast on the public feed, which is great. Thank you for listening, I really appreciate it. If you're a patron, however, it means you have access to the members-only feed, which you can get at patreon.com slash Swanson, Look in the welcome message, you'll find a link to the post. That'll get you set up on the members-only feed, which means you get to listen to these podcasts as they come out in real time and not recorded under a metro. Bridge? Is this a metro bridge? I guess it's a metro bridge. Anyways, patreon.com slash Jay Swanson. You can become a member. You can get caught up on all of the podcasts. You're probably about five months behind if you're listening to this right now. And of course, if you just don't mind waiting for those five months, that's fine. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode of Garage Monologues, which may or may not involve Cooper farting. I don't actually know. We're going to find out together. Check, check. Podcasts. That's two. you. I don't, not, not this podcast, but I've definitely done them where I wasn't recording the, um, like either the video, the video stopped recording a few times on the camera that you have now. Um, and then there were a couple where. Yeah, I wasn't like recording the, the good audio. So like yeah, definitely double check that you're recording everywhere. Everything sounds good, looks good. You look good. Thank you. I look good.
1: I've am I hunchbacking if I go like this? No, you're fine. I think so.
0: Just to sync that up, welcome to Garage Monologue, season two, episode seven,
1: I think. Don't ask me.
0: I don't know for sure. Yeah, because she doesn't listen. This is Kate. If you didn't know <laughs> Kate from before, Kate has been my assistant, my personal assistant for like five years.
1: Well, correction. I think it was like, yeah, f- five. I've known you for five years. We worked together for three consistently, and then last year I stopped working that's for true. you.
0: Yeah, and then you're back to working for me. Yeah, what are you doing? But I
1: feel. I think now I wouldn't call myself your assistant. I would no. say doing more freelance work for you.
0: It's true. Well, yeah, that's it's, it's it's that's a good way of putting it. I was actually wondering about that today because I'm thinking through like how do I talk about. What you and Emily do, because it's different, because you do some creative work. You are, that's true, you're not really, she's more my assistant now.
1: I would say she's more your assistant, because she's doing more of the administrative side of things. I mean, I was never doing that many administrative things, but now it's more creative copywriting.
0: You're doing copy, so you're writing the newsletter, and you're still doing the mailing, which is something I deeply appreciate.
1: Actually, yeah, I did never stop doing the mailing. You never stopped doing the mailing. I tried to stop, but... Jay came uh, crawling back every time. Exactly,
0: every time. It was totally me crawling back.
1: It was me begging him. Yeah, but I also (laughs) am
0: so happy to have her back every time because the mailing is daunting.
1: I find it relaxing. I throw on a good podcast. Hey, maybe I'll even listen to this podcast. You can listen
0: to this podcast finally. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Give you access. The um, the The patron mailing is what we're talking about. If you're obviously if you're listening to this now live here in November 2022, it means that you're a patron. Thank you for being a patron. If you've received anything, stickers, postcards, whatever, even if I wrote on it, Kate's the one that sent it, just the one that got it out, and it's life-saving because... Um, it's, I like it. Honestly, I like it. the postcards are really good too. I like going through occasionally cause I used to do this. I've done mailing like postcards and whatever since I was with mercy ships and beyond. And for me, what's always really nice about it is when I go through, I don't know if you feel this way. Um, cause you see the same names over and over again. And yep. it's this really nice reminder of like, Oh wow, this person's still here. All these people, like it just, it, it puts a real like tangible sense of like, wow, these people yeah. are supporting what I'm doing.
1: It really is crazy. Especially the ones who are in the higher up clubs. They've been like, um, Cut this out. I don't know his name. Yanni, the guy who lives in Sweden. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, Yanni, but it's. uh, We're not cutting that out. It's fine. Okay. I don't don't know what it is. It's with the J, but he's in Finland. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the one in Finland, Dixie, has been around forever, so it is crazy when I'll be like, oh, wow, I can remember who you are from five years ago yeah, doing it. it's
0: that's crazy. It's really, really cool. I like it. Actually, it's pretty nuts when I go back and see, because you can sort as well and just see who's been around for a long time. And
1: Yeah, it's pretty impressive <laughs> that people have stuck around for this I'm really song. grateful that
0: they have. There are a lot of people that haven't as well, and actually, we found recently that there's um, there was a, a filter option on Patreon in the memberships to see. You can see who's active, who's canceled.
1: I but actually canceled, so <laughs> I got that email today. You got that's it. Yeah, Very nice. I thought it was really well written. Oh,
0: that's good. Uh oh the, wait, the, the decli- did I send it to canceled people or just declined people?
1: Maybe it was declined then. Yeah, it's declined. You might have sent it to cancel. I, don't, I think I personally canceled it. Oh,
0: really? Oh. Well. I don't
1: think my card got declined.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, Patreon <laughs> dropped the ball there too. Honestly, Patreon's like their product side, like behind the scenes, I don't trust their like Patreon entirely anymore for bugs like that but anyways i tried to send one out just saying hey like you your credit card may have been declined and that's why <laughs> obviously if you canceled your your membership that's totally different i wonder who it sent it to then we're gonna find out that's interesting but it just because a lot of people that like were sending me messages saying like hey I'm, I'm not in the credits or like i got i haven't gotten my sticker
1: but you and, could be right actually because i think that my card i got a new one and maybe i just never updated it
0: that'd be it then i guess
1: but we'll find out
0: we will find out because then there are a lot of people, it's literally every time it's like, just check and see if your credit card has expired. And they're like, oh, it has.
1: It happens more often than you'd think because we've even gotten messages months later yep. of people saying, oh, I never got my six month stick or whatever. And then we're like, yeah, you are not a subscriber and You have or a, a patron for months now. Yeah. And they didn't even realize it.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's one of those, there's only one person that's having ongoing problems with it. And we've had to talk to Patreon. We'll see if we can sort that out. But for the most part, if you ever do see that you're not in the credits or whatever else, uh, it's not intentional on my part. It is also whatever's in the credits is what you put in, is like, I think your username. So, like, there's one person who has like a hyphenated name that I have to delete every time because she asked me about it. And I was like, well, okay, you, you, you could just change it. And then I want, and then. And it's like okay, and when I'm going through formatting it, because I also have to do all special characters manually. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I should come up. I should learn how to write scripts. I can get like computer scripts. Get rid of that.
1: Why not? But this reminds me. While we're on the topic of yep. patron, if you are a patron, please go through and check your mailing address uh-huh. to see if it's correct, because this happens constantly <laughs> when you maybe you move or something and then i go back and we get the uh, the met letter sent back to us so make sure that your address is the correct one it's funny cuz
0: we actually sometimes they are correct and they just come back for no reason yeah and that's weird and then there's one we had a batch where like the the, everything just got washed off the front of the envelope
1: the ink was completely completely (laughs) gone just the
0: return address that was still there so it just came back to us just like it looked like a blob and i was like
1: well i don't know who didn't get this so if you didn't get yours feel free to email us yeah let us know
0: we we want to get you like the stickers everything it just doesn't always happen so kate we tell tell everybody a little bit of your story though like how'd you how'd you get here beyond beyond how you ended up uh, working with, uh, you know, allowing me to crawl back into your good graces occasionally. <laughs> How did you, um, yeah, why are you here in France?
1: So it started about, f- yeah, five years. Actually, in August, I hit five years. So when I was 18, I moved to Switzerland to Au Pair for one year. Mm-hmm. And I ended up visiting a friend who was living in Paris at the, at the time. And I came for a weekend and I was like, I have to live here. I don't know what it is about the city, but I'm going to get here next year. And I decided to au pair for a year in Paris. And then that visa ran out and I was like, well, I'm going to study here. I didn't really have an intention of studying ever, but it kind of, it's like, I guess I should do it. I've taken two years off and why not do it in Paris? Um, and so I studied fashion and luxury retail management.
0: Did you enjoy it?
1: Um, I enjoyed aspects of it. I yeah. think that with anything that you're doing, you're going to have good parts of it and bad parts yeah. of it. And the bad was definitely that I just didn't really enjoy the luxury industry. Mm. Um, and I figured that out pretty quickly from working in like Paris fashion weeks, doing assistant works and showrooms. And it just wasn't kind of my crowd of people that I enjoyed spending time with. felt like you had to dig really hard and work really hard, which I have no problem with but to kind of get you nowhere for years on end. Yeah. Um, but rather than trying to switch my degree and do something different, I was like, I'm just going to finish this out and then see what happens. Um, and along the way, I met Jay, and that's kind of where I realized I like doing more social media marketing and digital marketing in general, mm-hmm. um, specifically the newsletter. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're really good at it.
1: Thank you. Well, it is kind of crazy now that I've been doing it for a while to look back on... Um, You've
0: done almost 100...
1: Yeah, ni- 90, we're at 95 now. It's pretty crazy. And I actually just went through yesterday to finish up going through cataloging all of the different sections that we've written about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I've written about a lot of interesting things and I've enjoyed doing it so much. Yeah. So when I'm looking at, oh, well, okay, let's take a step back. <laughs> let take a step back. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so I've, I graduated. I did an internship at Poilin in social media, mar- social media, basically. Yep. And then from there, I wanted to work in social media and marketing, but the issue in France is that if you don't have a degree that relates specifically to what you want to do, it's a very big challenge to switch careers versus like the US. Um,
0: Right. Yeah. It's a big difference. They don't, they don't, they don't believe in parallel tracks here or like that you have transferable skills. Exactly. Once you're in a column or a vertical, you're like, that's it for life.
1: Exactly. And like for my degree, I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to work in the luxury industry. I want to work in social media, less now, but more in the marketing side of things. Um, And it was just door closed after door closed, even though I'd been working with you and I had more experience than a lot of people who had just been graduating with degrees specifically related to this. Um, And so I was not ready to like give up and go back to the US. I was like, I'm going to do a master's degree. Um, so now I am enrolled in the second year of my master's program in digital marketing and e-business. Which is great. Yeah.
0: More in line with what you want to be doing.
1: Exactly. You're and pretty
0: bored with the fashion stuff by the end of that, of your degree.
1: Yeah. I was really bored with it just cause I don't really care about fashion in the way that in the, the way that the luxury industry functions. Yep. Um, I had like really, specifically
0: what about that is something that you don't like? Like you obviously are fashionable. You enjoy like yeah. buying cute <laughs> stuff and like you always look good. So like how do you, what's the jump from like enjoying your personal fashion to not liking what the luxury side of it looks like?
1: It was kind of a twofold thing for me. For the first part was just catering to the 1% that was really yeah. frustrating to me Um because I I didn't grow up buying luxury items. I didn't grow up in this world of it. And when I moved to Paris, I was like, I'm living in saint Germain-des-Prés in like the fanciest neighborhood where the luxury industry was kind of born. Mm. And I thought at first it was so cool, but then you take a step back and you start studying it. And in some of your courses, you're studying how to properly greet people, how you have to hold your hand certain ways and how you have to present coffee to these people. And I was like, Yeah, when I'm looking at how much you have to work for these people and you're getting little to no result, it's Mm. just other than the satisfaction of these really wealthy people buying these luxurious items, I suddenly just lost all interest in it.
0: Yeah,
1: And then the second part of it was just kind of the waste of the industry in general. Um, When you look at behind the scenes, for example, with like Chanel or Dior shows, how much money is poured into these like really elaborate fashion shows multiple times a year. And this stuff is just throwing money down the drain when it could be used for something that actually does good in the world. I was just kind of like, it feels like just greenwashing to the max. Mm. So I was like, I don't want to cater to the 1%. And I also don't want to work in an industry that has so much waste and destruction. It's just kind of, it was really disappointing to discover kind of the behind the scenes side of that. I was like, I don't have an interest in doing that.
0: No. That you're that you followed your conscience, which is really good. Yeah. Which so I why really are you still working about. for me if you're following your conscience? Is the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm following my conscience. I enjoy working with you. That's
0: good. I enjoy working with you too. A <laughs> lot. We've worked together for a long time. You were there for both offices. You've been there for everything, basically. I think, right? What's, yeah. So give the people a little bit of that. What's the behind the scenes of working with me and and like watching me go through the. Stuff that I've gone through the last couple of years. I don't think we swear on the podcast. Do we swear on the podcast? Well,
1: that's what I've been thinking. I, I, f- I feel like I swear a lot in real life. I know, I I'm do like, too, but I? I don't think we swear on the
0: podcast. I, well, Paul swore a lot on the podcast, and I don't know if I bleeped it out, so this may be...
1: Fuck, fuck. No, i Yeah, there we well, go. Now it's in there, so... Um,
0: my apologies. Uh, she's just going to do what she's going to do. Anyways, what's it like...
1: Wait, quick side note yeah. it is funny having the camera here because i feel like there's a third person in the room yeah,
0: it is it's well there's a third person in the room and third thousand people in the room so yeah it's pretty crazy
1: um yeah you were asking about the behind the scenes stuff of what i do for i don't know you. what it's like
0: what it's like working what is it actually like working with me
1: i think it's i really enjoy working with you and i obviously would not have kept it up for this many years if i didn't
0: yeah um I, that's why i buy it you're still here so <laughs> exactly she's not just saying that to be nice she doesn't say things just to be nice they're, oh not at that's all It's not kate yeah i'm a
1: very blunt person mm-hmm. actually i was with my my friends at school the other day and we were talking about like personality types and i was like yeah i just don't think i'm that direct of a person and everyone around me burst out laughing they're like <laughs> are you kidding me right now yeah. you're the most direct person that i know yeah. i'm like oh interesting
0: oh. Um, i feel the same way about myself i'm often like i'm not that direct and people are like yeah. I think
1: you were way more direct now than you were a few years I've ago. I've grown a
0: lot in it. Well, I want to be direct. That's the thing. I don't I don't want to beat around the bush and I'd rather I admire the Dutch for that. Just like just say it no mean yeah. spirit just like just yeah, no, let's just be honest.
1: And it's out of cult- out of character I think for Americans because especially mm. abroad we get pinned for like our stereotypes a lot mm-hmm. more. And it's like, "Oh wow, you guys aren't so American. You're actually direct with people." Mm, yeah. And you're like It
0: just depends on the culture because oh, I think there's some it, it, yep about putting some candles down this is the danger there's not a single podcast that cooper does not interrupt cooper. um the uh let just start doing this right now if you're listening to this not watching i'm waving my arm over the cage to try and the nice thing is that, that, that this is this is unintentionally strategic the only real hole is on your side so should put it oh god now it's coming over me <laughs> you should put a candle should put a candle over there um cooper farts aside um yeah, I think it depends on the the base level like what are the ba- the point of references or the frame of references because if you're coming from a culture that is very direct, Americans are weaselly. And if you come from a culture that is more indirect, Americans are very direct. So, I think we kind of hit it in the middle, leaning a little bit direct. Yeah. But it also depends on where you come from in the states because you're f- from the south and I'm from the northwest. We're much more direct. We are not. Yeah. And so that's and I and like for me also we're in we have like I'm not from Seattle, but there is like the Seattle the Seattle freeze, so we're a little bit, we're much more like Parisians in like how we uh, carry ourselves and we're also really sarcastic, like mm-hmm. really, really, to the point that we're dry, like you just think we're, we're not even joking, right, and it, also not great so like it kind of depends on where you're for what your frame of reference is and where you're coming from yeah and then it, it totally informs the way that you see the people you're with but like i would rather be honest and push people away with my honesty than be dishonest and gather more people by being you know like
1: yeah and i think it's something that comes with maturity too kind of what we were talking about even before we started recording is yeah being Yeah, being more honest and direct, I think, is something that happens as you've gotten older. Even for myself, I've gotten a lot more direct with people as I've gotten older because I just feel like that's the best way to go about things. Um, It is,
0: but it's the same thing. You know, the the cliche that's true, that, you know, just to be yourself, whether it's in love or relationships or anything else, it's like, and this is what I've had to apply really to my experience on YouTube as well, but, like, you just have to be yourself because you don't want to gather people for a performance. You don't want someone to fall in love with you for somebody you're pretending to be and then discover who you are and reject that. Like You wanna find somebody who loves you as you are.
1: Well, and the interesting thing is, when you're younger, you know a lot more people who do it because I think that when you're younger, it's natural to wanna have a lot of friends and know a lot of people because you think that that gives you more, just kind of societal status where you know a lot of people. But then the people who tend to in their mid 20s, around my age, like 24, who start being more real and have smaller friend groups, for example, versus some of my friends, not my friends, some of the people I know who are a bit older yeah. and now they've realized like, oh, I did, I spent all my time trying to gather all these people in my life, but I wasn't honest with anyone and now I just don't have that many friends at all, Yeah. so.
0: That happens, so that'll be, get pulled out from underneath you. I'm yeah. also somebody who used to be, like in college I was a big man on campus for sure. Really? Oh yeah, oh, yeah what a surprise. And uh, no, I
1: just can't, I only know you from your like Paris era, so yeah. I don't, I can't really oh, tell imagine. people with
0: that, but what is that then? You oh yeah, that you, was your original as, yeah, question. You didn't know me. You didn't know me with hair. So, I
1: yeah, I didn't. It'll be interesting sometimes when I see some old pictures of you. Yeah. Because when you started off doing YouTube, if I you don't know, day, yeah. I had one of my initial <laughs> projects was Jay. With Jay was to watch every single one of his videos, which has been very beneficial. But Why
0: did you have to watch them? Don't just start. It. That just sounds narcissistic <laughs> on my part. Like, boost my view count. I will pay you to boost my view count.
1: <laughs> By one view per yeah. video. Great. No, it was to basically catalog. It was a metadata project uh to catalog where he had been in Paris, what, it, what he was doing. Yeah. um
0: Make it easy to figure out where, like, where are these things in my videos? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We haven't put that to use yet, but I still no. think it's valuable. It is at valuable. Some point. We
0: need to revisit it as a project. It's just. Um, we were doing it for my friend's website, Archivos, which was like, we were like gonna build like a story, like a story world almost out of my Paris experience to help people navigate it and find everything. And it, I think it's, it's a great idea. It just was an overwhelming amount of information. Work. Yeah. And work, yeah. Um, but you got paid to watch my videos. You're the only person that's ever been paid to watch my videos, so.
1: Very special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I did get to see you, like see the transformation from where you are now even when I, before I knew you yeah. of watching those videos. Um, well, I didn't know who you were or watch any of those videos before I met you at um, Le Palenton. But seeing you kind of when you were at your low was when you were starting off doing YouTube. It was just, uh, you were looked very lost. You kind of didn't know what you were doing at all. And yeah. then even when you got to Paris, it was definitely a struggle for a long time. Um, but now I feel like you're in a really good place. I mean, you have been for a while.
0: Yeah, it's getting better all the time. Yeah. Thankfully, it's a long decade.
1: <laughs> when you, do you ever go back and watch those videos? Or I when started
0: you, a little bit more, yeah.
1: When you go back, what, what, how, what's your feelings towards like the initial J stuff?
0: I'm so glad that I'm not there anymore. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, I didn't used to watch it cause I used to make the video and then never watch it again. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to find some stuff for the weight loss video that I made to try and find some clips and I actually found them on a different channel where I was, they're all private, and I'm thinking about making them public for my just my patrons. Um, if you guys want to go and see, like, 20 videos that I made in, like, 2015 when I was kind of experimenting and stuff. And what's funny about it is, like, I can see, like, the potential. Like, I'm like, oh, like, it's not cr- I, it's not good, but I'm like, yeah. I'm not cringing. I'm like, okay, I talked way too long. Nobody cares about this. Like, so I, I, I know that, but then I'm like, my music choice here was good. Like, this was a really creative way to use the camera. Like...
1: And seeing maybe some of the elements that you still use today, some that and I still use,
0: and then some that I've lost, and I'm like, oh! And then I went back and I grabbed some old music to use in some videos recently, just because of that. And uh-huh. I was like, okay. And then I got copyright claims, so I was like, okay, no more of those. <laughs> um, but then you know, like it's really, really cool to. It is, and I actually was watching a video. I forget who it was. I think it was your mom's house, Ashley. Do you know your mom's house? No, it's a YouTube house. That it was a creator house that uh, existed for a year. They're friends of friends. I don't know them, but I watched an interview with one of them and. Um, she was on Colin and Samir, shout them out. They'll never see this, but shout them out. And, uh, the, she was talking about how she was, she found that she just stopped watching other YouTubers now because she found herself, comparing herself too much which is fair because i can do that sometimes too and instead she went back and watched her old stuff and found a lot of inspiration from mm-hmm. herself and i was like that's exactly what i was just doing and i was like that's actually really cool like i used to hate watching my old videos uh-huh. and now when i go back and i watch them i'm just like no this is like okay like i'm it's going somewhere so yeah i don't know if i i do think i'm always improving but i don't i don't have a clear view of it either so it's like it's nice to go back and be like oh okay like this isn't terrible you know
1: yeah well, even when I was watching the the videos a few years ago, I never thought, wow, this was a terrible video. I mean the kidding. only thing it was like uh you were rambling. Yeah, some
0: of them are boring, yeah for sure. But
1: also I think that's what happens when
0: You're making a video every day. <laughs>
1: when you're no, not even when you're making a video every day, but when you were living in Spokane. Nothing against Spokane, but yeah. it's dependent on your location and Paris it's has true. endless things to go do, film, see, yeah. visit. So it opens up a world of like what you could actually film Spokane and do. Spokane was also
0: different because I was like, I mean, also not going to knock Spokane here, but um, I'm also happy not to be there. But uh, there, it's not not only, there's stuff to do, but it's more about the mentality, right? Like I was, I'd moved back in with my parents to try and save money to launch a product that I really couldn't afford to be a part of. And like, I was just getting deeper and deeper in the hole. Nothing was working. Like I was just in a dark place. Yeah. So like I was just going like whatever side hustles I had to do, to make ends meet, like moving furniture, building furniture, like working with the thrift store, doing whatever I was doing. And then going home to edit a video for like the five people that were watching. It was just a really hard period to be like doing anything. So like, I think if I went back to Spokane now, I would find a million things to film.
1: Yeah. You know? It's what you're looking at. That's true.
0: Cause I really do believe anything. You can find a story as long as you're ready to tell a story, which I haven't been. I also went through a period where I wasn't doing a good job of that. And now I feel like I'm getting back into it. But if you if you find a story to tell, like you can do, make a video about doing your laundry and it can be interesting. Yeah. So, you know. I
1: think, I think that just reminded me too, when you're kind of in a low place, sometimes just having any sort of routine to hold on to can yeah. really help you pull yourself out of that dark place. Yeah. And maybe for you, it was like, I'm gonna make this video every day and yeah. like I'm going to work and I'm getting up. And like, sometimes you go through periods where you're like, I don't wanna be doing anything right now. Yeah. But having those routines in place really helped, so I'm sure that was beneficial for you back then. It was it was
0: well that it felt like a lifeline to um to a world outside of the one I was stuck in because where my issue with among many, but my issue with Spokane was that it was just where I grew up and the people I grew up around didn't see any potential in me and didn't, at least the way it felt. And that's not entirely true. Like some people definitely did and so forth, but you're just so far away from the rest of the world that it's just like, what, why do you think you're special? What are you doing? Like, just get a job and like do what we're all doing kind of a thing. And i really struggled with that a lot and felt very unsupported whether or not that's true. and
1: But it's how you felt, and that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I
0: mean, I have examples of definitely not being there, and there were people that were supportive, definitely, but also, you know, I think, I was just thinking about it, as you're saying it, like, thankfully, I had just enough of that energy left um, to really launch myself one last time at something. Yeah. And, like, YouTube showing up every day to make that was, like, a lifeline, creative lifeline, and also, like, a one to an outside world. But then, like... I just had enough to kind of just get away. You know, yeah. like thankfully I got to a place where, I, like, oh, I'm, this is my job. And then when I hit the real burnout right before the pandemic and like I was just a mess for a long time, like then it was like, thankfully there was a cushion there for me. Yeah, you
1: had built something that I'd for never had before. Already.
0: Yeah. Cause I didn't have to, I thankfully could take some time and just figure things out. And thankfully my patrons were there to make that possible. So,
1: but it's true, especially when you go abroad and, you're kind of investing all of your time and energy into whatever you're doing. There is this element of like, I have no option but to succeed in this because yeah. if I fail, it's not like my parents are a train right away. It's like I'm moving my entire, yeah. I'm moving back to a different country. Yeah. So it does feel kind of like this pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even felt it when we were talking about what I was gonna do after I graduated from my undergrad. I was like, I'm in this weird in-between place. I don't have enough to to get myself a job that's high paying, what I wanna be doing. Yeah. But the option for going back to the US was not an option in my head. No. And it was also at a time when we were just finally on the, having our freedom back. Yeah. Cause for the past year, it had been like in a, the pandemic. And I was like, I'm just miserable in Paris. Yeah. I don't wanna leave on this note for a city that I love so much.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you stayed.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah.
0: Well, no, <laughs> but I feel like that that pressure is huge. Like you, what you're starting your life over again if you leave a country like
1: yeah
0: and i don't i mean like I, I there's it's not like i mean it depends on the level of support you have but it's like man i can't imagine trying to start over right now like going back like i could make it work i'm sure yeah but like especially like it takes you so long to get established in a place like paris like it, it takes years. years yeah you don't want to give that up
1: no, God, no, and I, I had felt like after I graduated, I was like after I graduate from the masters, I had this idea I want to go to Berlin and I want to like get a job there and kind of start not even fresh, but just kind yeah, of. I remember that. But I decided to test the waters this summer by going to Greece to um, to do an internship mm-hmm. at a hotel and work, um, on a beach just to kind of see what is it like going away for three months. I know I'm coming back. I have my apartment, I my friends, everything yeah. back that I'm going back to but even going away after a month and a half i was like whoa i have it good in paris Yeah, i do not have a desire to try and reestablish myself right now i'm happy where i am paris yeah. is great
0: yeah i feel that i mean it's me I, I especially as we get ourselves back into like getting back out into the city like updating the guide and preparing to hopefully get the app running and whatever else it's like i I've come to realize over the last couple of years, especially, but Cooper's also changed things for me a little bit on that front. Like how known I am in the city, not like just in a, like a person to person way. Like I'm already a social butterfly, but then like all the connections and relationships that we've built and like from friends and acquaintances to business relationships and so forth. It's like, it takes you so long to build a network that, that intrinsically is a huge value to walk away from. Like, it's a huge yeah. thing to say, like, oh, I'm going to just pack up and leave. Because this, this is the longest being in Paris for the last almost six years is like the longest I've been in one place basically since college.
1: That's crazy.
0: So, and that's, and even in college, you know, I wasn't, I moved every year, but I was in the same town. So, like, yeah, it's. Well,
1: and when I was younger, I mean, I know I'm still young. We both you're are young and young. We're both young. I'm an old man. But, um, like when I was 18 and I was looking around at some of the people, like I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta. I was kind of like, how have you guys stayed here your entire life? Yeah. I don't understand it. And now I'm looking around, I'm like, I kind of get it. That's not what I would want personally, just because no. I don't find that that area interesting. But I get it. Once you kind of have your bubble, it's a nice bubble to be in. Absolutely. And
0: well, you there's a level of like, we, and also as humans, I think about this a lot because we've been talking a lot about social media uh, just in general right now in the state of the world. We're not, but like, we're not evolved to exist in communities that are this large and that are this mobile. Like most people throughout human history didn't go beyond a handful of miles, you know, past where they were born. You just yeah. had your community and that was it. And there's something growing up. I rebelled against that because I was like, I have to get out. I have to go somewhere else. That's and how I was. <laughs> yeah. I'm so thankful that I was able to get out. But I also realized that a lot of that was probably the result of just of unhealthy relationships, like unhealthy stuff with my family um like i was running from unhealth in my family if my family had been healthy if we'd been established in a different way you know there's so many little variables that could have changed like maybe i actually would have been like really stoked to stay home
1: yeah i hear you on that but i have known a lot you've told me a lot about your family and that background but coming from my side of it where i had a very healthy home bringing i had a lot of friends in high school yeah i always i think that you are who you are at the end of the day and yeah. like obviously who you're surrounded by does shape you but i think there still would have been that itch to just leave no yeah. matter what
0: the to go explore yeah. yeah i love exploring so yeah it would have been hard not to yeah yeah, yeah it's true maybe it just would have looked different i don't know but maybe that's also that thing where it's like i've come here to reestablish myself this is home now
1: yeah
0: with that because there's so many people that want to explore but then they're like well i'm always going to go back home someday and it
1: doesn't even have to be abroad like the u.s is such a a large country like there's so many places you can live in it's like the same can be said about someone who grew up in the suburbs of atlanta and decides to move to chicago re-establishing yourself in any city is difficult with even without going abroad
0: yeah we just did it to the extreme yeah yeah, (laughs) well that's the thing i was just thinking like there is part of me that's like yeah i could do that again like in the right circumstances but not yet
1: I wouldn't do it in a foreign country, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, it depends on the country. Like an English speaking country would be. Two years, I would not. Yeah. Why not in the next two years?
1: Because I'm one working on finishing up my degree. And then I want to work in Paris for at least, or in France, I would say. I would like to move uh, after I graduate to maybe the south of France or Mm -hmm. Provence just to be somewhere where there's sun. Yeah. Because this summer being on the beach every single day after work, it just makes you realize how simple the sun is and how lovely it is. Because in Paris for like, what would you say, like six months out of the year? It's pretty gray. It's just kind of gray. It's and bigger. then at first I would think like. There's
0: also a lot of buildings casting shadows. So
1: Yeah, but it's nothing like New York. I mean, the maximum they go is six stories That's and true. we still feel that way. Yep. It's the sky. It's not the buildings, <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's still, like, you can't, the sun gets little slivers to hit you as it goes over. I'm just saying, like, Paris, like, when it's not gray, it still doesn't, like, today's sunny, but it doesn't, it feels like a dark day, because we're in my, my, my courtyard or whatever is not well lit. Yeah. You know?
1: But then it feels so bad when you get outside the city, and you're like, I was in Burgundy last weekend at a friend's house, and Actually, you're right because it was just kind of overcast, yeah. but there were still these giant windows in the house. Yeah, it feels and much you're better. like, "Wow, life feels so simple out here." Yeah,
0: but that's why I made a, a goal this year to get out of Paris at least once a month. Have like, you been following through on that? Yeah, I've been I've been getting out a lot actually. So it's well, been has been, it's been your
1: favorite. Uh, you've been in quite a few place, places recently. Yeah,
0: I think the gîte that we had in um, just outside of Toulouse was really nice.
1: Who'd you go with for that one?
0: Cooper. Oh. I didn't take anyone. I realized after, I was like, I probably could have brought a date. But it was funny. They had a slot for me to have a date. And then I was like, well, nope. Uh, Cooper's my date. And uh, that was nice just to let him outside to run around and so forth. Like, that was really cool. But... Do you um,
1: foresee yourself going outside the city at some point? Or...
0: I don't know. That's hard because it's like, I... I think paris will always be a home base i think i imagine spending a lot of time here all the time but i do want to get out more i still have that that dream of like having a chateau like that space that i can give keys to friends and be like let's just we have this like putting it to all kinds of different use, whatever like that's a, still kind of like a, an invigorating dream but otherwise no because anytime i go to any other city like i find things that i like mm-hmm. but after a couple of days i'm like yeah Yeah. That's, you know, like Paris is still, it's home. It has everything I need and more. um, And yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't, I can't imagine leaving right now. I do imagine spending more time in some other cities and some other countries, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, traveling is a totally different thing. Yeah. But I think for most people that I, I meet say the same thing who have lived here for, I'll say about two years or more who Mm. are even raised here. They're all like, I have to get out of the city. You and it's pretty out. standard if you're living in any city around the world. Yeah. You feel like you just have to get out. I mean, l- at least once a month for me, it's, you're saying yeah, the same. It's
0: too much. And so you can't stay. I mean, for your health, I didn't leave, you know, because I couldn't afford to for a long time. And then I was, I just had too much. I had like anxieties about it. And now it's like, no, no, I, I'm, ta- I'm actually trying to make sure that like, because I don't want to travel alone. Yeah. I'm really done traveling alone. Um, and Cooper doesn't count as much fun as he can be. Uh, and it can be a lot of fun, but like, no, I, I want to travel with friends or family. Um, and thankfully enough opportunities are coming up to do that, that it's like, it's so, it's just so nice. And I think I'm just so relaxed. I'm in such a good place too, where I don't have anything to do or prove. Like, yeah, just like, let's just go and like, see what happens.
1: But before were you traveling alone out of, by choice or out of necessity?
0: I It was kind of, I think I lost my way. Cause when I was doing it before and I was doing it to make videos, right? It was because it was like oh I need, I'll make some travel vlogs and I'll do this and whatever and just got into the rhythm of it because I've been traveling for so long, mm-hmm. um, but that I, hate, I I came to kind of hate it because especially when I was daily vlogging like I didn't experience the pl- I would go and I would film like what I was eating where I was going but also because I was everything was so hectic and always last minute I didn't have any time to really plan or to look ahead so I just get there and see what I could find which is mm-hmm. okay I don't mind traveling that way I think it's kind of fun but. I just always felt like I was doing a disservice to sort of whatever place I was going. I wasn't really seeing or experiencing that much. Then I was exhausted and then I had to edit that night. Yeah. And then I was there for like two nights and then gone. And there's, the once I started getting to the place I was like, wait, was that Budapest or Bucharest? You know, you're just like, no, well, was I mean- that Prague? Then you're just like, all of a sudden you're just like, what? why am I doing this? Thanks for listening. Just a quick aside to remind you that this episode came out five months ago for my members over on patreon.com slash Swanson be able to sign up for the members only feed there if you would like to catch up on all the podcasts the last five months worth all the latest news and uh, including what's going on with my citizenship bid patreon.com slash jay swanson thank you to my patrons for making this possible thanks to you for listening regardless i appreciate it and i hope you enjoy the rest of the episode
1: well for years you were like basically my brain is on youtube my memories yeah. are on youtube when you're producing a video like that every single day film it hit edit or edit and then hit send and you're kind of like that's out of my brain now i don't even remember yeah which yeah. is a pretty insane thing. It's
0: not for great. years. Yeah,
1: No wonder you burnt out. Yeah. I burned
0: out <laughs> real hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss that. I think now it's like, I'm getting the itch to travel a little bit again, but, um, I think it's, it is still like, I only want to go do stuff with people.
1: And it's more on your own accord too. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. And I feel, I don't feel that pressure. Cause I think in the past I had a misguided pressure. I was like, if i do these trips then like somehow i will make more money i think and that's not that wasn't true either
1: or produce more interesting content and more people will want to follow me kind of thing which
0: also wasn't really true so you know (laughs) just like i just i've had a long misguided youtube career that thankfully has worked out somehow along the way
1: but really thanks to your patrons honestly well
0: 100 percent, and that's and i mean that was the thing it was a fun thing to give them to vote on and i'm looking forward to starting polls back up here but um
1: There's healthier ways to go about it.
0: Yeah, healthier and saner ways to do it. And I think if I got to the place where, like, I I, I do feel like we're at another level of hectic right now as we bring Emily on board and as we're getting you back up and running. And as we are figuring out, like, how do I, you know, things are a little bit tight right now.
1: Well, let's talk about that more. What are the kind of what are you doing with Emily Right now, that's helping you kind of get more structure. Well, Emily's
0: helpful. Yeah, she's already just coming and bringing organize, uh, some more organization, which is what, something I know you've enjoyed so far. Um, yeah.
1: Well, it's so crazy because I was checking Slack on uh, on Friday. No, on Thursday morning. Yeah. And Jay and I have a, a calendar, content calendar, where we put things that we're working on in with deadlines. But we tend to use deadlines as like a oh yeah we'll get around to yeah. it, and Emily's like hey Kate did you get around to doing this? I'm like whoa 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 uh, yeah. someone's <laughs> holding me accountable. I was like and when I read it I was like okay, and then I was like actually this is so nice. I uh, know I need to get this done right now.
0: It's good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that you came back around too. That it's not that you're like okay. I feel the bit. <laughs> I feel the same way because it's like for me. Like, and it is hard to hold, like, this is why it's good to have somebody who comes in and kind of takes over a little bit of the management of what's going on because I'm barely getting my own stuff done half the time. That like following up on other people, I find tricky, so.
1: Well, and I've, from years of working with you, you are a big idea guy. Mm. You have these grand ideas. And sometimes they take, they're too far in the future almost. And we have to focus on the now and already just working with the meeting that we had with her earlier this week. It's like, what can we do now? And having someone who grounds you in the now right now seems like it's going to be very beneficial for those long-term projects. Absolutely. No, it's
0: huge. And it makes me feel much better for all of that because like, if I can, if I can be a bigger picture and give somebody like here, execute on this is really nice. And that's Yeah, no it's been it's a good start so emily's coming on board to kind of do yeah to get me organized and like her well that's part of it but basically what i told her is is like help me make more money or save me time like basically make my life easier or help me to because like there is an opportunity for more sponsorships for example something i've never really engaged with um until recently and i have some great sponsors that i really like working with um and so it's like okay like but staying on top of that and the back and forth and like everything not only that with the existing ones but then there are more and it's like there's a lot of work to be done there so basically it's like okay start talking with sponsors let's get her up and running to like help me to like bring that in if she can bring in enough sponsorship then that pays for her working with me which is be great <laughs> and then but then it's like a bunch of other stuff like helping us get organized like sticking on top of the the production schedules um And basically I've just got a lot of, I've kind of just sat down and think, thought through like, what would make my job easier, my life easier in a way that I think is reasonable for somebody who's not doing content creation. That gets me back to making more videos and content and like, and also maybe just staying sane in the process. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's stuff like when we cleaned out the storage, which is a video I have yet to edit we clean this out there's just a bunch of extra some old stuff that's like well we could sell this on the bonkwon you know and just like here can you sell this for me like just things like i just don't have the time or the energy for because i also think that i mean i know that because i get these comments i think there are a lot of people that don't think i actually really work um they just think that the (laughs) videos magically make themselves (laughs) but like what i do for a living is actually a lot of work and um and then adding cooper to the mix has been it's definitely my choice but it's also like he takes up a lot of time because he is a baby and so having somebody that can come in and, and pick up some of those pieces mm-hmm. and just get me to a, a normal state. And then once we have that ready, once we have some systems in place, our communication is good, we're all on the same page, then there's room for her to go and start taking on some other pieces, either helping to systematize. Cause one of the things that you, like in the content creator world, like if you want to get beyond just like, if you want to get off the track where you're going to burn out, what you have to do is you have to systematize and kind of and build a business around it. Yeah. And for me, I've made some bad decisions in the past where I was like, oh, what we need is like office space or we need this or whatever, which we had good intentions. It's money that just ended up getting burned. And it's like, no, if I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay myself less and I'm going to, um, not, I'm going to cut out all these expenses. And what instead I'm going to do is I'm going to invest in people who are going to help me to build this into a thing that like doesn't require me to sacrifice a part of my soul every year to keep yeah. alive
1: well, and they can create these systems that take a lot of stress off of you yeah which is what she's already doing yeah
0: <clears throat> i already f- i do feel i feel i felt instantly better like once we got started um and i think i it was good because i had to do i wanted to meet you guys halfway as you're coming back too so like i wanted to make sure to do like the onboarding documents i did
1: yeah no that was good this was the um, the second time around, I think, yeah, second or third time. For you? For me, no, the second time around. But I feel like now you had, with the onboarding um, stuff that you created for us, it was like, okay, we're actually heading into this with more of a business-like yep. mindset, which really changes things yep. versus just focusing on the YouTube kind of side of things. It feels like it's more cohesive altogether for yep. the projects that you're working on.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been really good, hopefully. And I think part of it, I've had to learn a lot about saying no and like cutting things out and we're in a place now where I probably there's one or two things maybe I should be cutting out um like what I don't know like I've thought about like I feel in a good spot with it um right now but I have moments when I'm like should I cut something out so I cut out the photo a day um that was a good one you know I cut out we just cut out like I handed you the newsletter and now it's good to bring that back um I cut out a variety of video projects and series that I was doing that you know it'd be nice 88 80 eight was one of those um, and there are a lot of people that like that series and want it to come back. And so it's, Hey, it's 80 and eight years, you know, right. Like I got, <laughs> I got lots of time to get back to it. Um, so now it's like the podcast was when I thought about, do I cut this out? Like, do I stop this? Cause now that I'm vlogging more, the purpose of the podcast was to make sure that people who are interested in the more, like the more what's going on in my life get that. But it's like, no, this is fun. This is easy. Um
1: well it's chatting with friends. It is.
0: It's nice. It does take, I mean, it'll take me a few hours to finish it afterwards. So it does take a half day's worth of work, but I think it's I think it's worth it. And um, you know, do I cut out I'm not gonna cut out price in my pocket, but that comes up. Do I cut out like vlogging? No, I think that's really important to get back to. Those are like the foundational elements. Um now it's kind of like what do I add back in? And just adding a little bit more to see like how does that do here and there
1: one step at a time one step at a time thing.
0: and because we're thinking about doing like a series on my citizenship process we're thinking about that doing... project excites i me. think that'd be really cool so like there's a lot of good stuff to add back in but it's like okay let's just take this one step at a time and when i'm doing it now i'm waiting i'm making sure that there's people involved that there are people involved and ready and on board that make sure that it's not just me
1: yeah i think that's a really crucial part of you not burning out again yeah. And the nice thing is, is me and Emily who are working with you, I would say the most right now, we know you on a friendship level too. So it's nice where I feel like we can be like, no, this is too much. You're taking on too much. You need to take a step back or you can add a little here.
0: Yeah.
1: Because sometimes you, you like to go head in on projects. Yeah. Head in, is that the right? No, the Head all first, in, head all first, in, both feet, <laughs> whole body, dip yeah, it in, just going for it. Um, into projects without really thinking sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's different this time. Right?
0: Trying to change that. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm just trying to apply. I think in the past though too, like the, a lot of it comes from getting to a healthier place. Um, where if BetterHelp was sponsoring this, would be a good place to insert that. But um, now from your, sponsor. I probably shouldn't say that because I don't know who's going to sponsor this. But um, the uh. But I was going to say that like being in this place now is also partially because in the past I was always in like a desperation mode. Yeah. And like I spent so much time having to hustle and do so many things just to stay afloat that it took me years to realize I don't have to do that anymore. I can just do one thing and that is enough.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we can
0: build off that. So a lot of it has been cutting out side projects. and but It started out by quitting jobs, but then it was like, all of these little things that I, I'm keeping going because I think somehow they're keeping me alive.
1: But also in I reality, think they're not. Because I'm similar in this way where we attach our work to our self-worth in yeah. a way. And you feel like, okay, if I stop doing this one thing, that makes me kind of a failure, not a failure in terms of work, but a failure as a human. Yeah. And it really can be detrimental. Like I was working, I mean, I'm still working three side jobs right now, yeah. but there was a period a few years ago here where I was working 45 hours a week and studying full-time yeah. and it it's was people lot. were like just cut some stuff out just cut it out and i was like what do you mean yeah. i was like i can't do that but it's because you attach yourself worth to what you're doing yeah. and i think creating that space which you've allowed yourself to do really open it makes you just a more relaxed human in general
0: yeah well and also saying is it is the yoga of no right as pashaan put it like it's very much the more you say no to things like this is true in relationships. It's true in business. It's true in just life in general. The more you learn to say no to things, the more space you have for the things you really want and, yeah. or just freedom to like not do anything. And
1: it's beautiful. It is. It really is though. It can be as simple as literally just not going out for an entire week because you don't feel like it. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it is, that's a, that is an achievement in Paris because Paris is a city <laughs> where FOMO reigns supreme. And, uh, it's good. It's really good to get over that. And yeah, speaking of going out, knowing uh, each other personally for a long time, and so forth, this is kind of a segue that I'm going to use partially for my uh, an upcoming video. So this is a spoiler for those of you um, watching. But Kate, the people want to know: Are you secretly my girlfriend?
1: Oh my god! Did people ask that? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, really? I got asked
0: that recently, but I'm just curious. Yeah.
1: No, I am not his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, not that at all. would be a very. If I was, that would be just. I would be so impressed with us for keeping yeah. that a secret. That'd be a
0: very long, long-held secret for sure.
1: No, I'm in a very happy, healthy relationship with my wonderful boyfriend, Remy, who Jay is also friends I, with. He, I'm a
0: huge fan of Remy. I think Remy's the best French man I've ever met in my life.
1: Oh, that makes you want to cry. He's
0: top notch. I mean, really, it's hard. I mean, I know some French guys are going to be pissed that I said that, but <laughs> Remy's <I> mean,
1: he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's
0: hard to compete with. Yeah. He's thoughtful.
1: He's really thoughtful. He's very kind. Yeah.
0: He's just a gentle soul.
1: Yeah, he's just a nice person to be around. He's
0: a really nice person. He's like a comforting person to be around. Yeah. I like him.
1: Also, I this is one thing. My ex was French, so I have a little bit to like compare of, of dating Frenchmen. Yeah,
0: good good and bad.
1: Ex- <laughs> I was not a bad. fan of the ex. I was not a fan of the ex. And no one was. No one was. Um, sorry. But, yeah, I've just kind of... It's a challenge of dating in another culture and yeah. when their English level is not high enough, um, it really creates problems. But one thing I love about Remy among many things is that I can bring him into a setting and he just fits right in. Yeah. Um, which could not be said about some, even some people I know, their boyfriends, you're like, ah, you're bringing them tonight. It yep,
0: happens. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I, the cross-cultural dating is hard
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. What has been, uh, your biggest cross-culture fail? Oh, wait, actually, never mind. <laughs> I know, never
0: mind. I was like, do I'm I say sorry. the name or do I? <laughs>
1: <I'm sorry. laughs> no, you're fine. I thought there would be a different story, but then I just remembered. No, never I think mind. That's,
0: that's the same old story. I think the, uh, well, because we, I don't, I won't say her name, uh, but my. My French ex. I've dated. I've dated a handful of French women, but never super seriously. But the one that I dated more seriously, I just. I just saw because we were looking. We we're trying to find. Really. We were just trying to find um, a moving van for a friend who's moving, and I was like, "Oh, she used these movers they are super great. Let me find. Them. I'm sure it's in our chat." And I went. Her I con-
1: used them too. Yeah, weren't they great? Right. No. Oh, they weren't good for you. No. Oh, they were bad. Yeah, they were horrible. Oh, good to know. They, okay, wait. Well, we'll get into this another time. But
0: Well, just her contact photo is totally a wedding photo. I think she's married. What? Yeah, which confirmed my suspicion that she was like- Wait,
1: I want you to show me this up when hardcore, we're done. Hardcore,
0: just trying to get married with me. And she wouldn't listen, When I was like, I don't, I don't want kids. Well, she's like, <gasps> oh, you'll want at least one. And I was like, I don't. No
1: way. I
0: don't. And then, yeah, she was just on, she just, all she wanted.
1: She is totally married. Isn't that? oh my he has a beard like you kind yeah.
0: of he wears glasses though so he's got and he's got hair
1: she definitely got married i know that's, that's like such a wedding photo
0: like i showed that to push and he was like nah and then we looked at it. And he's, come on well, he's look at her a- hair look at everything yeah and
1: we went he's in and also french ah. weddings are more casual yeah
0: that's a total you would never wear a dress like that for anything other than getting married yeah damn okay yeah so anyways she's hitched Oh. Good for her. I actually made me feel really good.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you what was your initial reaction. I was really reaction? happy for her. Like
0: I was like, "This is great. I know she wants it. I know she really wants kids." Um, I knew she was. I knew she was jonesing for it when we were together, and that was like. And I was like, "This is going way too fast." And, um, but that's the thing about dating French. Often, I, this is true across cultures, but with the French, there's like nothing happening until suddenly everything's happening. Like you don't know. <laughs> That you're together until suddenly they're offended that you didn't introduce them as your partner you know no, it's
1: 100 it's not even just my personal experiences it's my experience my friends and friends of friends. Yeah. yeah
0: they don't talk about it they love the mystery they love the games until suddenly you're together uh and then it is just the brakes are off and you're just sprinting for the finish line i it felt like I remember
1: with my ex it was like uh the i want to say the third or fourth time and we were going to a party together and he was introducing like yeah this is my girlfriend and i was like I guess I'm your girlfriend. Yep, that but just happens. <laughs> then you look back and you're like, whoa, 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 man, that yeah. is a very bizarre, thing. quite the
0: unilateral decision. She she told me one day we were uh, at her place of work. I'm trying to keep it like somewhat private here, I guess, but um, but we were hanging out. She used to be the director of a bar and restaurant. I guess you can say that. And yeah. So I spent a lot of time there when I was super burned out. So not a great time to get in a relationship either. And um, lots of free booze though, so that worked out really well. <laughs> um, but like, I just remember she would, she just like just so you know uh i do tell people that you're my boyfriend so you don't have to call me your girlfriend but i literally tell everyone in my entire world that you're my boyfriend and i was like how is that not pressure like how is that like, <laughs> what do you want
1: me to say to that i'm like, not
0: ready for this but then you can't tell her like well i'm not saying that like you, like what are you like yeah, this uh, is
1: my thing like
0: and anytime i did ever push back on the relationship stuff where i was like hey we need to have a talk of any kind like it just went to a, like a five alarm like total like just full blast oh man Meltdown, so anyways yeah. yeah um that one was rough it was i don't think of it necessarily as a fail though um but that yeah mm-hmm. she was one where it's same thing like she wouldn't integrate into my friendships into my world into anything. well as soon as
1: i asked the question i was like i think it was a, a friendship thing which is like no. again a crop like no matter what culture you're dating yeah. in
0: you have to be i i would i would much prefer to be with somebody who can just be a part of yeah what, what's going on
1: but it was really funny at Cooper's birthday party, which yeah. was last Friday. Um, me and Remy came and like, we were just drinking and I go to the bathroom and then I come back and it's Sam and Richard and yeah. the three of them were talking. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Sam is- uh, He's the
0: British guy that makes the lamps. Yes. He's always wearing the red and black jacket.
1: And then Richard, everyone knows Richard, yep. but he's from Australia. So those are two Anglophone accents that can be a bit tricky. Oh no. And so I come back and Remy's just like really like looking (laughs) at them like this. And then I go outside uh, for some fresh air and I was like, I was like, are you okay? He's like, I don't know what the fuck they are talking about. So He's like, when you said you were going to the bathroom, I was like, no, 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 please don't go. <laughs> He's like, I now understand how you feel on French parties sometimes that yeah. you just start laughing when everyone else does, but you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, welcome to my world, man.
0: Yep. Sometimes you just got to nod and say, yeah.
1: And then he'll be like, do you understand what we're saying? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, really? I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Okay. okay course, obviously I'm yeah. just laughing of with of everyone not. else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no those are uh <laughs> golden moments. But the the nice thing is it is cool cuz you naturally I think when you're with your progression of French and I think this is true of any language probably but like I notice that I'm lo- you just recognize oh I'm I'm just not as lost as I used to be. Oh, for sure. But there I mean there's always still stuff that I don't understand. Words that get thrown out there that I'm like but do you
1: spend a lot of time with french people now or not
0: yeah but it's like always one-on-one like my because my old french the group of french people that i really used to hang out with like there's a generational destruction point that happens in your late 20s where like yeah people get different jobs they they have like breakups or new relationships or whatever. So like when I moved back here, I had like a really solid French group that just literally exploded right when I got back. Oh
1: God. Okay. And
0: so like I lost all that. And with French friends, unless you get in through a relationship, if you're doing it on your own, it's a six month commitment. So like,
1: I listened to what's uh, her name, the comedian, uh, Sarah Donnelly. Yeah, Sarah, her show that she's doing right now is just fucking hilarious. But one thing that she was saying is that if you, have, like, if you have French friends, she's like, I want you to think about where those French friends came from. Yeah. Probably your boyfriend. Yep. And everyone in the crowd was just dying laughing who was there with their French partner because you're like, that's your ticket into French friend groups. That is
0: it. Yeah. It's, it really is. And so for me, like, I did it the old fashioned way <laughs> by making <laughs> real friends. And uh, not that they're not real now, but, uh, <laughs> that, but yeah, it's just, it was that thing where I think I was here and I was reestablishing myself and everything was chaotic. And so, like, I was just like, I was a tour guide, I was a YouTuber, I was whatever. I didn't have time to like invest into a new French group. And now I have, again, I have a lot of French friends. I have a lot of French friends through what I do for business. And some of those people from those old groups are still, I'm still in contact with them and I see them a few times a year. But I think the two things that make it hard is one, the French don't mingle. So, like, not if, if they want to hang out with you, they just want to hang out with you. They're not going to introduce you to their friends. They're not going to introduce you to whatever. They don't introduce their friend groups to each other, right? Like, they have their school friends, their work friends. Unless it's a
1: birthday party. Right.
0: The Birthday parties are, like, the exception and occasionally house parties. Otherwise, like, they really don't mingle them. And they admire people who are able to do it. But it's like small talk. The French wish they could do small talk. They just don't really have the skill set for it. And so, in the same way, you just... If, even if you have a French friend, they may never introduce you to anyone else in their world.
1: It has nothing to do with your relationship. That's no, just it's how they just, function. That's just how
0: they do it. And then- the Generalizing s- here. Yeah, for sure. But then the other side is that if you find some people you want to be friends with, like they aren't going to think of you when it comes time to invite anybody until you've been actively pursuing that friendship for months.
1: Very true. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I used to struggle with that quite a bit because, but I have a handful of French friends that I've made on my own, mainly through university. uh, Some through my ex that I'm still like very close with friends and you're just kind of like why aren't you inviting me to go do things and then you what you just said you realize you're like oh it's just not how they are but i personally enjoy it because it's like cool i see you once every two weeks we grab a drink we catch up we have a great time yep but it doesn't need to be this okay let's invite you here and try and like mingle all these groups together it kind of takes in a weird way the pressure off friendships it does
0: well that's the thing that i was gonna say too like i'm not i'm partially not putting the energy in now because like i'm actually really just good i have such good friends that i'm just like i'm pretty happy with it and the other side is that like it's it is chill it's like okay i'll see you when i see you i no longer feel guilty for not making more of an effort and you also recognize i think this is true across cultures as the older you get the harder friendship becomes anyways like to make new friends and to see people with relationships, work, children, whatever, like you just, you get, you end up having less time and it's a lot harder. And that naturally happens too. And so, like, I also feel like, okay, if I'm gonna make an effort, I'm gonna make an effort for these people mm-hmm. and only these people because I only have so much time and energy, anyways, where I used to make an effort for everyone. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I have had to say no to more is like, I'm just going to say no a lot more. And it's amazing when you stop making the effort to see how little comes (laughs) back your way. And then you're just like, okay, cool. Like naturally, that just naturally cut out 90% of the people I was hanging out with. And then you see there are some people that do still make an effort, you know, like Sam, who you referenced is very good at making an effort. Yeah. And I really respect that. And I think there are some people that are very good at being proactive and generous. Mm -hmm. And then that makes it easier, but you also don't want to fall into it where you're like, well, now I just don't make an effort for anyone anymore. That's dangerous.
1: <laughs> it's constantly the balance. Yeah, it is. But I wanted to ask you too, cause it reminded me when we're talking about like our French and speaking French, have you been, do you continue to study French or have you been doing anything working towards your test?
0: No. I mean, I honestly, my French has just naturally gotten better by living here. Cause I do still do a lot in French and I still like the dog, like the dog park is all in French and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of parts of my life that are all in French. Um, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some practice tests, but every time I do a practice test, I'm like, this is so easy. Like it's yeah. just like, okay, I'm, <laughs> same. It's, yeah, no, but it's nice because it's like I'm testing at like two levels below where I definitely am. Yeah. So it's like the the minimum requirement for citizenship is B1. So it goes A1, A2, B1, I'm B2, C1, C1 by C2. i that. Yeah. B1
1: is so low.
0: It is, but they're they're gonna introduce that for visas soon too. They're they're talking about it. Really? For certain visas, they're talking about. It's been they've come back to it multiple times. So they're coming back to it again. So we'll see if they. Do do it or not but um but i'm like c1 at least in probably everything i might be b2 on like my written just because but i should be c2 c1 i'm not c2 yeah um and the funny thing is I'm always self-conscious about it when I'm talking about it with French friends. Cause I'm like, you know, the truth, you know, like, you know. I
1: hate talking about <laughs> your level of French with French friends. But it's as soon as you're you. with your English speakers, they're like, oh my God, your French is amazing. Yeah,
0: Well, my French friends are the, and the thing is they they do know like, and and I have friends that I know that they are C1 and, and I know that I'm, I speak the same level as like Jess. I think, I always think Jess's French is better than mine, but she would say, Sometimes I don't actually. We could ask her. Would she say the same about me? I think she would, but I don't know. But like, I've only
1: heard you speak. Yours always sounds great to me. Yeah, and
0: and it's I get lots and lots of compliments from French people about it. But um, but I'm aware of I'm aware of my shortcomings in my French. Very aware of my shortcomings in my French. So.
1: But I'll also say on that note that getting a compliment from a French person on your French is. To me, not that hard. Because when they find out you're
0: American, they, they're they like impressed that you can say bonjour. Yeah,
1: Exactly. True. Like, I was at this uh, Chinese restaurant last night and me and Remy speak English with each other for the most part. And he comes over, he's like, Hello, uh, how are you? I was like, we can speak in French. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like shooting the shit with us. And then I start speaking in French. He's like, oh, wow. Uh, mais c'est incroyable, uh, tu parles français, trop bien. And I was like, Très bien. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, hey, they both but work. They both work.
1: I was just like, yeah, the standard is so low for American speaking yeah. French. Yeah. I, I said the simplest thing and it's like, wow, my God. I had a congrats. joke
0: that never, I ne- I still don't ever really land properly in French because it doesn't really translate. But it, it kind of does if you get the tone right. But I'm always like when people are like, wow, you're you're an American who speaks French, like your French is so good. And I'm like, yeah, it's impressive that I even tied my shoes this morning. You know, like it's just that whole like- No,
1: but I love <laughs> with you speaking French. This is, I've known you, you do this since I've known you. Yeah. You translate the equivalent of like dad jokes into French. Yeah. And for the most part, for years, you just get this kind of look where it's like, mm, uh-huh. hmm but Jay, continues to do it and I just find it so endearing you're just like no I refuse to give in to this French sense of humor yep. I'm going to keep telling my jokes and either you're going to appreciate it or you're not well then
0: it comes time to like finally start learning how to tell the joke better you know like <laughs> so that But because one of my goals was uh, a few years ago I was like I'm going to make French servers laugh like that's just my goal because it's impossible like I was like I'm going to get to a point where at least more than 50-50 just
1: tip them they'll they laugh, laugh at anything
0: and uh no they, yeah, 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 maybe
1: I work and I'm like if you Touché. tip me I'm like ha <laughs> Thanks for everything.
0: So no, but I'm always trying to make the jokes happen. And, uh, but I realized that a lot of it did come down to actually like my tone and the way that I presented it. Cause I was like, ah, oh, these jokes just don't work. And then when I explained it once, I just walked through and I was like, oh, it is because I've just like, I just translated that wrong or in my brain in a way. And it's like, oh, so I reengaged with it. I'm funnier in French than I used to be.
1: Congrats on that.
0: Some of the times, sometimes not funny at all. So I'm just, depends. but I
1: mean, it happens even in English. You tell a joke, you're just like, that did not land. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're pretty funny. I, right?
0: I, I'm, I'm funny sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Anyways, this has been a good chat. That's a great yeah. note to end on a good humbling note to end on. Yeah. Um, do you want people to follow you on Instagram? No, thank you. Would you like them to subscribe to the newsletter?
1: Yeah. Subscribe to the newsletter. Okay, I'll
0: put the newsletter link below.
1: I am remaining more private in my life
0: That's now. Fair. That's good. That's fair. I, I I knew that, but I also was like, I'm just going to double check. No,
1: so. I appreciate it. Yeah. It has been, and I know we're wrapping this up. So you can we are. Out, No, it No, but the, is- it has been interesting after I went back to the U S and since I got back, I've been, I don't know, something just clicked for me where I was like, I don't need to be posting what I'm doing all the time. Yeah. And it's been an incredible amount of relief in my day mm. where people can't keep track of me. They don't know what I'm doing, where I am, who I'm with. And I'm like, I think this is how life is supposed to be. So I'm enjoying my more private time right now. That's
0: good. I'm doing, I've been doing much more of the same, like with Instagram, I'm not posting as much. And I really think we should back off of all of it a lot. I still like YouTube. I think, I think I can stand by with YouTube because YouTube is like, it is what you want it to be as far as like infotainment or education or like whatever, like you can get so much good stuff out of it, but like still like walk away more like from social media and especially making it so easy to track your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I will say this, I because I do have a lot of your people have been or followers who have followed me on Instagram, mm. and we've interacted for the past few years. I do love that, and yeah. it's not like I don't want people following me at all. But it's, it's just also not nice
0: a to, yeah. Take put the brakes on. Yeah, I just bit, don't yeah. want
1: anyone watching this who has been following me to be like, oh god, have I been? No, no, no. I, no, no, yeah, I
0: good follow up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're cool. You haven't had any complaints, but it is good. It's a good change, <laughs> and it's also that's a little bit of the Frenchification. The French are much more private, and yeah, they they definitely it's something it's a good thing to take from them actually like a little bit less public with your life
1: exactly because at the end of the day it's no one's business what I'm doing
0: amen that's great well thanks yes. for listening watching uh, if you would like actually we've, I've never asked for any ratings or reviews on whatever podcast app you're listening to I don't think it matters for the patron only feed because I don't think that's going anywhere don't worry but it, once this makes it public or if you're listening to it publicly in the past or in the, whatever you wouldn't mind giving it a uh, rating even just a five star rating on like the iTunes app you don't have to leave a review just that five stars will help us out a lot and then if you do leave a review it'd be great if you t- talked about our glowing personalities and uh (laughs) otherwise uh thanks for listening and for watching and we'll see you bright and early one of these days sometime soon for one more garage monologue and more vlogs and more newsletters
1: well thanks for having me it's been a joy thanks for
0: coming i'm so happy i'm so glad i actually was talking to my sister the other day and made me realize why she because she they're in the process of like adoption and she doesn't want to call the now middle child, the middle child,
1: uh-huh.
0: and uh, she was like, "Oh, I don't want it. He's he's the youngest, and then the baby, you know." And I was like, "Okay," and then I was like, "Oh, that's why she hates you when I when I refer to you as another little sister because that makes her the middle child."
1: Ah, that's funny. I yeah. didn't know you referred to me as that. I've
0: called, I've referred to you as, but my sister hates it, like. <laughs> And I think it's because like she's Buy like that makes me the middle <laughs> child. That's true. When I describe you to people, I'm like she's been working for a long time, but she's like a little sister. So
1: yeah. Well, glad we cleared up some things in this episode.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it's fine. That, that, there'll be that, there's a video coming soon that hopefully that all pulls together. So <laughs> it'd be a good one. Anyways, yeah. thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: There's just should be fun. I think there's just
1: wait. Ask me right now. Oh,
0: if you're my girlfriend. Yeah. Are you my girlfriend?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>